welcome to the Chicago Golf Tour Podcast. That's Rob, I'm Tom, and we're going to take you on the journey. What is the CGT? Here we go. All right, folks, welcome back to episode eight of the CGT Podcast. What is up, Rob? All right, Tom. How was the weekend? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Watched a little golf. Got to see some family. That's about it. Well, that wasn't about it. Oh, well, I didn't know if you, yeah. Got to play some golf in, uh, in the fairway behind you. That's right. We, That's had, a right. Little, we had a little day. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, WGT wasn't working um, for those. I'm sure there's some SkyTrack guys out there. But um, so you guys know WGT is, is the other affiliate of SkyTrack. And that's like the the app where you get all the courses and you could play, you know, Pebble and all these different par threes. Anyways, that app was hung up. So we basically set (laughs) Target Golf. Um, There's different kinds of games inside the SkyTrack app. So at least we had that. But yeah, Robin, Robin, the boys were over uh, Saturday night. And uh, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, felt good to swing the club. Yeah, how about it? I did like... uh picking yardages and you know fine-tuning that as much as you could you know yeah 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 that's there was a lot of good stuff in there man um minus the uh minus the uh spray out shots by by uh swings oh yeah swings was uh swings is dialed he also (laughs) had a couple hosels yeah right um but yeah no we had fun i mean that's what it's all about that's literally the exact reason i got it um not not the only reason, obviously, to to have the game improvement aspect of, but you know, especially in the in the wintertime like this, to have you know buddies come by and I mean we're older, we're not, it's not like we're doing anything anyways. So, right. You know, get some guys together, play a little uh play a little golf in the garage and call it a day, you know. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, like I said, it felt good to swing a club. So speaking of golf, did you catch any of the uh the hero? Yeah, I watched a little bit, watched a little bit Saturday caught when uh colin chipped in for that eagle yeah um and then i watched some of it yesterday where like i turned it on i couldn't believe how you know what do you have a triple bogey and then a double bogey yeah yesterday was wild yeah it's nuts absolutely wild we had, we had you guys, know i like victor too yeah love victor yeah i mean he's such a hard guy not to like right um yeah yesterday was wild we had guys playing the wrong tees <laughs> we, had, we had guys, you know, uh, guys duffing chips. We also, did you see Sam Burns? He busted out the high burrito. Yeah, I did. I, I, I thought of you right away when I saw that. Oh, that yeah. False front got him. Yeah, about three times. Yeah. 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 So, no, yeah. I was laughing at, uh, did you see Spieth and Stenson's uh, interview afterwards? Yeah, gold. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Stenson is hilarious. Uh, I just find all those those euros to like have a really good sense of humor. Uh, oh, they wrote, I mean, their social media is on point, man. Yeah. 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 Their little skits they do are, is great. Right. Right. I always love their stuff around majors. Um, I love the hole in one challenge when yeah. they do that, when they yeah. just sit there and knock what 500 balls or whatever it is. Right. I think the only person to do that with them was like JT. I remember he did that with Rory or that one. No, I don't think I caught that one. It's a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, I mean Stenson's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yesterday it just it just was it was chaotic. There was there was things going on all day, and uh, the finish was was crazy. I can't believe Morikawa shot what plus four. 
Wait, what? You have 41 on the front nine, right? Or something yeah. like that? Yeah, he ended up shooting plus four with a, what do you have, a four or five shot lead going in? Yeah. Yeah, because he usually had 19, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And then, you know, everybody mentioned. Um, oh, here we go. What? What's that? I know where you're going. Are you talking about the PNC? No, 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 no. I'm, I was oh. talking about uh, Morikawa getting engaged. And, and oh, yeah, yeah. Just the same thing that happened with Jordan. Yep. Yeah, right. Uh, and then I saw another good one uh, about your boy Tiger. Somebody was like, yeah, you know, these com- these comparisons as of light, late with, like, Morikawa and Tiger, like, after yesterday, don't put Morikawa in the <laughs> right. conversation as Tiger. Right. So I was dying laughing at that. Um no, but now that you mention it, I'll I'll go there about yeah. the PNC. Oh no, yeah. That was uh because I kept on what showing him uh hitting some balls yesterday again in his Sunday red. And then they yeah. kept on uh but they said that if you could take a cart, right? He'll play. Yeah. He'll try to play. Did he practice four out of the five days? I didn't know I didn't know he was like that back into playing. Right. Yeah. You know, he made it seem like he was just hitting, you know, what Gibson, exactly, yeah. exactly right. what he did or exactly what he said, um, hitting giggles. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know he was, you know, and then that they showed the video of, you know, full swing driver. I'm like, man, he's, he's pretty close. Yeah. So. It's yeah. just, it, it's crazy to think about where he came from to doing that already. Right. Right. Um, Fanboy or not, that's just, that's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, you know, what is this? This has got to be, like, the guy's seventh rehab. Like, to just – think you said on it, it was his tenth surgery, I think. It's it's insane. I mean, can you imagine just keep getting knocked down and having to get back up, knocked down, you know, having to basically train yourself to do everything all over again? I mean, obviously not as severe, um, but – Mentally, that's got to be just like a huge, and I think that kind of speaks to what we were talking to last episode is like, he just, he seems like more at peace and he's kind of just like, well, you know, maybe if I don't climb the top this time, like that's fine. Right. So, um, yeah, but I'm pumped. I think he's definitely going to play in the PNC. You think so? Yeah. I mean, if he's practicing this much and, you know, especially like you said, if he's able to take a cart, um, I think he's going to be there for sure. All right, Rob, we got uh, Mr. Brian Tweed in the in the waiting room here. We're going to let him in. Sounds good. Let him in. Hey, Brian, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you? Good, how are you? Can you hear us all right? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. awesome. How are you doing? How are you doing, Robert? So, Brian... We all know you uh, on Twitter as, you know, at Brian Tweed 16. Um, tell us a little bit about the quest to play a thousand courses before you die. Um, and then also, I noticed that you are a, a local advisor for Golf Pass in the Chicagoland area. So tell us a little bit about that. And I'm, I'm assuming that equates to playing more golf. Yeah, well, that's the goal, right? Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but but 
the the whole thousand golf course kind of endeavor really didn't take off until maybe a few years ago. Um, But, uh, you know, I I started playing, I was 10 um, and and played a lot in central Illinois where I grew up and then been fortunate to to live in three kind of big metro areas the last 20 years. So my my family lives out in Columbus, Ohio. And so, um, you know, during my my college formative years would, would come back in the summers and uh, would try to play as much in that area as possible and then moved to Indy after college and, you know, played as many courses as I could there for several years. And then moving to Chicago, I started to realize as I was putting lists together, well, I've played a lot of golf courses. And so, yeah. um, it, you know, it got to the point where it's like, okay, you know, I, I love the game. I love to play different courses and experience them. And then it kind of just started to to snowball and, uh, just became one of those goals that I, I started to, to think about. And if I could get to that, to be something really cool. So, uh, so just, you know, but I think I'm at four forty six. you know, and I just turned 38. So I've got a good trajectory so yeah. far. I was uh, actually just going to ask what that number was. Yeah. So I, I'm a nerd and I keep, I'm sure you're surprised. I keep a giant spreadsheet on it. And so I think I've played a <laughs> hundred new courses to me, I think in the last three years. Nice. So, uh, and, and that's with little kiddos and work and all that and COVID, you know, combined. So I'm on a, I'm on a good trajectory. So hopefully we'll keep it going here. But, um, but uh, in, in terms of golf pass was fortunate to hook up with Brandon Tucker, who's the managing editor of, of, you know, previously golf advisor now golf pass. And mm-hmm. he's a, he's a Hoosier, Hoosier graduate, just like I am. And so um well, we've actually never met personally, he, he, you know, they had a campaign to request local golf advisors. And so I sent in my petition to, uh, to join and really it's voluntary and it's nothing other than, you know, I, I post a lot of reviews on golf advisor now golf pass and, and just be kind of game. One of those things that I enjoy. I love writing about courses and, and sharing my opinion. So it just seemed like a natural thing. And, um, it's just where they would promote, you know, our reviews at the top of, of lists, you know, on, on golf pass, or I, I would contribute periodically to some of the articles about you know, what was happening in Chicago and in terms of public golf and even private golf courses. And, you know, just a, another, just like Twitter, another Avenue that I can, you know, share my thoughts and feedback and just really fun. For sure. I mean, a hundred, nice. hundred and, uh, 150 courses last or what a hundred courses in the last three years. You said, yeah, a hundred new courses to me, the last three years. Um, that's probably, maybe I've played 115 rounds. So right. a large <laughs> percentage of those are, are new courses. So I, what I, what I don't get when I play in terms of familiarity yeah. and, and knowing a lot of the greens and, and, you know, knowing where to hit or to miss it. I feel like I, I lose that, but I gain an experience and meet new people and, being able to notch another course on the list. For sure. I mean, playing a, a new track to me is, is probably the, the most exciting part about golf. Cause like you said, I think that mysteriousness of not knowing the course, there's something there behind it. But then also on the flip side of that, you know, once the round's over, you're like, man, I would love to come back and play this course knowing what I know now. Do you feel like that's kind of the case at, at most places for you? It, it is. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I take a lot of pictures one, so I can go back and try to remember uh, when you play a lot of different courses, sometimes they all blur together. So, right. um, you know, part of it is also just to share it on Twitter and, and uh, as well, but for me, it's about, yes, you know, I, the, there's some, there's a thrill about playing course you don't know and just kind of visualizing what you think it's going to look like. And then when you're there, you know, did it, did it meet that expectation or not? Um, 
you know, and, and ultimately I always think about maybe the courses that I've only played once, but I'd love to get back to. And then would I have a different perspective? Would I, would I play it differently or whatever? Would I experience things a little bit differently, even though it's the same course to me, that's, that's really fun, but there's definitely, you know, Tom and allure to, you know, playing a course and seeing it for the first time, experiencing that and, and then going back and determining, okay, w- would this be a place that I'd either want to invest the money in again or <laughs> befriend somebody, you know, who may be a member there, et cetera, and try to work that angle and, and go back. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, so being from Columbus, I've, so I know there's a lot of really good golf in Columbus. Not sure about Indiana. I'm, I'm probably almost certain there is. Um, but where does, where does Chicagoland golf kind of stack up in your opinion, not only in the, in the Midwest, but you know, with other U S cities, you know, do you think it's, it's up there? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to play a lot in some of the, the, the large Metro areas in the right. Atlantic and, and out West, but in terms of, of the Midwest, I, I don't see how many cities could compare. I think just by sheer volume of courses in the greater Chicago, what do we have? Like, you know, 300 and 350 public courses and like a 50 mile radius. I mean, it's crazy. So just the variety, um, the the ability to get to, you know, courses, no matter where you live in Chicago, you know, even if you're downtown, right, you probably got a 20, 30 minute drive and you've got some of the best values in the state. So uh, I I think Chicagoland, just in terms of the overall variety, the accessibility, whether you're in the suburbs or not, and, and cost is, is relative to a point. I think that there's a lot of competition, which is a good thing. Um, and even though we've seen a big boom, um, I, I don't think there's a lot of courses necessarily gouging or taking too much advantage of, of the interest in golf right now. But, um, you know, I loved Columbus and, and Indy and they've got some great tracks, but Chicagoland, even having to spend a couple extra pennies to play a lot of the courses, it's worth it. A thousand percent. Um, Rob and I, I'm sure you're aware, Rob and I discuss all the time, you know, you know, aside from the, you know, the big time courses that everybody talks about, you know, your, your, your Cog Hills, you know, your Cantignies, your Glen Clubs, your Harborsides, we're, we're big advocates of the hidden gems of the Chicagoland area. We love finding these little courses, you know, out in the nooks, maybe out in the boonies that a lot of guys are just, you know, they haven't heard of before. Right. When they go and play that track, they're like, one, how did I never, how did I not hear about this course? And then we have a lot of guys too, that were like, this course is like five minutes from me. And I've never even, I've never played it and I'll be playing it, you know, twice a week now. Like, where do you, what, I guess, what is like your biggest, your, your most, um, let's see your top three hidden gems of the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I, I think, for, uh, you know, for me, even, you know, if you mentioned, you know, Cog Hill, the, the funny thing is that they've got one of the best value courses right there on site. It just is a dubstrand, yeah. uh, you know, and ravines, that's just a really fun course. You know, the the holes of of nine, you know, the par five going to the right and then on 10, you got to hit the, the kind of mid, mid iron approach out over the ravine is just really cool. Just. I think for the value and for the price is just awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think if you if you're willing to drive up pretty far north, right towards the Wisconsin border, as scary as that may be, 
Um, you've got Thunderhawk and yep. Shepard's Crook, both of them right there. And, and uh, not everybody loves Robert Trent Jones Jr. like I do, but I think just it's, it, you know, Thunderhawk is a challenging golf course that to me is in great shape. And even at maybe 85, 89 bucks rack rate, you know, to, to, uh, to, to ride on the weekends during the summers, I think it's still comparatively uh, in the golf scene really good. And, and I think Shepard's Crook has just some of the best greens and it's just one of the most fun nuanced golf courses in the area. Um, and particularly when it's playing firm and fast and the wind picks up there, you may not find a more challenging golf course um, in, in the area. And, you know, and Ravislow is not a hidden gem, particularly because it's an older club um, and one that's been private and now gone public. But right. uh, I think particularly if, if you're coming into town and you're, you're not a native Chicagoan and, and yes, you may gravitate towards, uh, the dubs dreads or those that are maybe a little bit more notable or famous because um, they've had tour stops. Right. Uh, I think stopping by Ravislow for maybe 75, 77 bucks is, is money well spent. If you only have one day in Chicago. For sure. And that's a, uh, that's a great point actually. We're so I'm in Oakland, so I'm just, you know, I'm 20 minutes away from Ravislow. Ravislow is like one of our, you know, home tracks, so to speak. Um, so we're fortunate, you know, fortunate to have that pretty close to us. Um, yep. I, yeah, I wish it was closer to me. I'm up in Vernon Hills. Okay. So it's, a, it's probably a good hour and 20 minutes on a good day to get down there. But yeah, so, so it's my own, it's own little, little vacation to go down to Ravislow. Um, you know, but I try to get out there once a year and play and, and I'm still learning, you know, there's kind of half hidden and half blind tee shots all the time. It always seems like right where my driver tends to end yep. is where the, the, the vision of the hole ends. And so it's fun to kind of figure out exactly what angles to play and where, 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 where the targets are and where you need to bump and run shots around the green. So, uh, you know, I, I'm learning how to play that golf course better every time I play, but it's really fun. It's so much. So, so how far out do you have it mapped out for like next season already for the courses that you want to hit? Do you have, do you have a plan set? Yeah, I do. Um, for those that, that follow me, you, you've probably seen that I've, I've gotten a little bit on the, the golf auction kick and, yeah. and, and it's, it's kind of out of character, honestly, for me, and that I, I've been such an advocate, obviously, for public golf and, and kind of a pushback on the, uh, the golf snob and, and many of us, but it's one of those where, where COVID happened. And then I'm thinking, boy, a lot of these, these auctions are now coming online because they're not having them in person due to, you know, you know, a lot of constraints, um, you know, with, with social distancing, et cetera. So it's like, maybe this is my one time that I could bid on some auctions and right. play some courses that I may never be able to play, you know, at some point. Um, and so then I, you know, I, I have kind of an addictive personality and I want a few and then it has kind of snowballed. So, um, you know, I, I do have a list of the courses that I have either won auctions for tend to play and they're mostly, uh, they're mostly private, but, um i've got you know i've got an opportunity to play conway next year um in the those several pictures other day yeah yeah Sorry, i think, yeah, I just, I think awesome. I just yeah i just put put that out there yesterday i've walked conway because i've i've been to you know the bmw when it's been hosted there but i've never had a chance to play there so so i'm looking i'm looking forward to that um you know in terms of of you know public wise uh you know i'm excited to get back to um the the preserve at oak meadows um, I've had an opportunity to actually meet with Greg Martin in person before and really love what he did there and haven't seen the, the course now that's got the new clubhouse and some of the more, you know, the, the updated amenities. So looking forward to get back there. I played in the, maybe the first spring that it had opened and it was still fairly immature and kind of embryonic in its, 
in its state. So looking forward to seeing it a little firmer and faster. So that's that's definitely one you know that I want to get back to. Uh, I'm intrigued to see Schaumburg Golf Club and some of its revisions. Um, I've heard really really good things about it. So so for me, it's about trying to get back to some of the courses that I maybe have played again once or twice before was maybe a staple when I was playing playing more and more public golf in the area. Um, and, and to see just some, how, how some of the courses have evolved over time. Yeah, we actually, we just had our, uh, our Northside Tour Championship at Schaumburg. Okay, what'd you think? That's in phenomenal shape. Yeah. Yeah, I was blown away. I mean, they really did a, a number on that place. I mean, even the, even the little details like the sand, you know, they brought in white sand. Um, the course is immaculate. Uh, the greens were rolling super nice. Uh, it was just really well done. Um, well, you mentioned earlier Shepherd's Crook. So we're trying to get Shepherd's Crook on our 2022 schedule. Um, Thunderhawk was on it. Uh, I've heard, I haven't been out to, to Shepherd's Crook before, but I've heard it's unbelievable. Um, and then the preserve was on our, our schedule this past year. That's in fabulous shape. I mean, awesome. yeah, the preserve and, and, uh, Stonewall. I mean, I think those are probably two of my favorite, uh, Northside courses. Um, they're just very well done, challenging. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're super pumped. Hopefully we can get Shepard's Crook on there. Cause I keep hearing, you know, from our guys, um, you know, the, the two biggest ones we're trying to add is, you know, probably up your way is uh Shepard's Crook and then Blackstone. Have you played there yet? I've, I've played Blackstone. Um, so yeah, we're doing a lot of shout outs to Bob Loman. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I play it, it now to be fair, it probably been, eight or 10 years, maybe since I played, it was one of those that I got a golf now deal <laughs> several years ago and tried to get some buddies to go out and they go, no, Twitter, this is a little far for me. So, it was, uh, so I actually went out by myself and got paired up with some folks, but like just thought the amenities really nice clubhouse was great. Just a cool bar area. Uh, yeah. And then the course was, was really fun. So um, I think it's, again, another one of those that is a, a nice hidden gem that a lot of people don't talk about just because there's, there's so much attention played to some of the mainstays, but that that's another great one. I just haven't been out there in a long time. So if you guys get, you know, get out there, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to sign up and play along with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, you know, even, even though your buddies, you know, didn't want to uh, tag along, you just went ahead and went. I mean, that's, oh, well, that, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll travel and go anywhere and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm the, this, the recruiter and the sales guy in me, but I'll, I'll hang out with anybody to play. You know, as long as they're not a toolbox and then I'll play with anybody. So, yeah, I mean, that's 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 Rob and I. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're willing to go anywhere, play anywhere. Um, you know, to your point earlier, it just like for me, I play Ravislow probably. Probably about 10 times a year. So right. it, it, there's a point where it gets like, OK, well, you know, other people like, you know, Rob's from out West. So if Rob came in, I'd be like, yeah, let's go play Ravislow for sure. But, you know, I'm at the point where it's like, well, I I'm, I'm Ravislowed out. Like I want to go play. I want to go find a new track that, you know, even if, you know, like we, we just played uh white Hill Ridge um, about a month ago. I've never been out there. I've, I've never been out there either. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah. It was, it was exceptional. It's, it's probably uh it was about a 45 minute ride from me. Um, but I was blown away. I thought it was really well done. The, uh, the clubhouse is, is immaculate. It, it's, it's like an old, you know, it reminds me of like an old, uh, hunting cabin, but like hmm. very modern, you know, huge outdoor, um, 
you know, brick fireplace and a huge patio, really cool bar. It was really well done. Um, so yeah, that's another one we're, we're thinking about adding. Um, we're just trying to, you know, extend our reach around the, uh, the, the Chicago land area. Um, and hopefully we're, we're going to be bringing in some courses from out your way. So, um, well, awesome. No, and, and uh, if you ever need help getting a white deer run, it's the home course for me. Okay. Um, and so it, it's funny, although I, I say that, I don't think I've played white deer run this year. It's just one of those where it's right there, you yeah. know, and I go to the driving range, probably not as much as I should, which is why the handicap hasn't gone down, but uh, it, you know, that's another <laughs> one. That's, that's a good one to play and it's fun. And, and um, I, I may or may not, get out and hit a couple chips by, by the sixth screen every once in a while since I'm right across the street. But yeah, it's, it's a gluttony of, of, of great places here on the North side. And, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, South side and West side too. I mean, just, there's so many great places within a stone's throw, depending on where you live. Yeah, absolutely. Even, you know, even for us, cause we're, I'm kind of, you know, South East. So even to jump the border in the Indiana, play the Palmyras and the White Hawks, um, you know, those are solid tracks. Um, you know, if depending on how you're feeling that day, you could even shoot up to, you know, Lake, Lake Michigan Hills or like a, a Sandy Pines. So there's so much. I've golf. Played, yeah. I've played Sandy Pines, um, which is a, which is a really underrated course. Yeah. Um, they redid it maybe five, 10 years ago. And I played it right after they did it. Kind of got that Pine Valley yeah. You know, you know, kind of poor man's Pine Valley feel to it was was really cool. That's one that I always try to promote on Twitter as much as I can, just because I think it. You know, I've only been there a couple of times, but nice staff. They just seem to do a good job. It's a great price and good shape. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It, there's no need to go. You know, necessarily spend two hundred bucks at a golf course when you can go to Sandy Pines for yep. for a fourth of that. Yeah. Um, or there's there's another course right at the border. Oh, it's I'm I'm blanking on the name. But I've only played it once, but it's. Um, Maybe it's Chesterton uh, out that way, but it's got some crazy few first holes that are really hard. Um, Lost Marsh. Lost Marsh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which again, kind of depends on how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah but if your if your game's in good shape, that that'd be one to maybe give it a try. But holy moly, we played. I've only played it once, and it was like 25 mile an hour winds, and it was just uh, a, a bear. <laughs> and and I, we still had fun, but it was it was not one that I would recommend playing in like April. When you've gotten two no. rounds in and you're going to try to test the game out, I would, you know, no offense to, to, to lost Marsh, but maybe try that in July once the game's in order. Yeah. I, uh, actually, I caught a lot of heat for that at the end of the year. Um, a couple guys, um, threw that out there for a suggestion to me. I just, I think it's, you know, a little gimmicky. Um, like you said, those first like five or six holes, it's just like, I a love, little. I love the yeah. opening hole. The opening yeah. hole is super cool. Um, I'll even give the next number two, the par three, that's a pretty good hole, but like three, four, five, six, I'm just like, come on. I mean, like you said, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the, the, the par three, the par five, when you've got a clear hazards twice, yeah. And then yeah, there's, right. there's also water on both sides, you know? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, you might as well just write eight on the scorecard and right. get, get a better pace of play. But, and I think too, Speaking of pace of play, it's just a little bit of a challenge, you know, when you've got groups that are stacked up looking for balls or, right. uh, you know, dropping every every other shot. But but almost I wish that they flipped the nines. Perhaps it may even be a better rounding and a better experience. So maybe, maybe they'll be maybe the, maybe the folks that be listening to the podcast and they'll 
Yeah. No I, <laughs> I, I actually, now that you say that, I think they did do that. Like maybe, oh, really? yeah, like 15 years ago. I think they, they switched them for, for whatever reason, but that sounds familiar to me. Um, yeah, that, that's that's seven bridges too, though. They that was they flipped yeah. their nines too. Yeah, a lot of courses. I mean, even like uh, Kelly Met did that, and I, I still don't, I still don't really understand that. When you come off like the sixteenth, you I feel like you walk past the Kelly Met clubhouse like four different times, and you're not See, even. I have not, I've not played that one, and I, I, and I know that you know there's been rumors and undertones about you know yeah. a potential sale there for years, but it seems like. COVID's been a benefit to them perhaps because it's oh, getting yeah. more play, but that that's one when you mentioned, you know, trying to get to maybe next year, that's one on the hit list on the public side that I, I would love to do. And then, well, in, and if I can carve out another 18 holes, then it's a good excuse to get the Ravislow if I've already made the hike. So I was just going to say, um, yeah. What do, what do you guys think of, of Calumet? I, so I'm, I, I used to, I used to enjoy it more when it was private. Oh, yeah. as snobby as that may sound, I just nowadays it's 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 definitely more leisurely. Like you could just it, you just basically come and go, um, you know, as you please. And you know, prior to them going public, it was in really really good shape. Obviously, um, it just it took a beating as soon as it went public. Um, get the the greens got really chewed up, um, and then yeah, just from the maintenance you know business standpoint, it kind of just went downhill. I know, like you mentioned, uh, the group that owns them is actually out of, I think, Vegas. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Maybe prior owners just kind of took a step back and everything just kind of fell off. And this this new company came in from Vegas and simply it, it seemed like they were just kind of managing it until it eventually sold. Um, but I know it went through a couple of different contracts and still hasn't sold yet. So um Overall, I, I think it's definitely a, a solid course. It's it's definitely got that old Chicago um, Parkland style. It reminds me a lot of like maybe in, in a very old Bev, um, just kind of the layout and mm. how tight, you know, um, some of the holes were. But I think to your point, I think if you made if you made a day of it and, and you know, played Cal and then then Ravislow would, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Well, yeah, I'd be probably six to eight balls less, but you know, but, but uh, you know, that's, that's not a bad day's work. Right. Right. When you actually, so when you play, do you kind of, do you see yourself gravitating towards a certain designer here and there? Like, you know, I know you mentioned uh, Robert Trent Jones, but like, do you feel like once you're done playing, even when you're going into a course, are you like, I'm probably going to like this course just because of the designer? Yeah, I, I think there's a natural bias, right, that, yeah. that comes with that. Um, you know, when I grew up, I mean, I, I pretty much played on, you know, 1980s and 90s, you know, Prairie Land courses just because that's what was built. And so I, I didn't have a lot of exposure to kind of more your old school, traditional Parkland courses. So I think uh-huh. as I've gotten older and played more of them and, and gotten exposed to some of the, the private club atmosphere too, I think that's, you know, been, been really fun to kind of experience that and, and kind of figure out what you like. Um, you know, but with that, a lot of the courses are now taking out trees and making things more accessible. So it's kind of fun to see the, the kind of the balance that comes with, with that and some of your, your historic clubs that are now reinvesting in and making it more playable. Yeah. 
Um, to answer your question, you know, so locally, uh, I'm a big fan of, of Rick Jake Jacobson. Uh, the work that he did at Sunset Valley was was really nice. Uh, and they took what was a, a you know, it still is a, a park district course, but one that I played a bunch, you know, my wife's family's worked at Highland Park for years and and so was exposed to that and always thought it was a good pe- parcel of land, but just, yeah. you know, it wasn't a great course. But what Rick did there was was really cool. I, I like what he did it. What he, his original design at Bose Creek is another really nice one. Yep. Um, he's got some good courses just throughout the Midwest. So so Rick's one that he kind of the radar goes up when I see that he's made a reservation, a, a renovation or, or done some restoration work there. Um, it, I, I tend to gravitate towards your, 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 you know, your nineties kind of modern design. Uh, just visually, I like what Robert Trent Jones Jr. does with his bunkers and how he places trees throughout, you know, um, his, his courses strategically and, and a lot more angles, uh, maybe too many at, at Thunderhawk sometimes for my liking. Um, but, uh, but, but that's another designer that I, I tend to really enjoy. Um, and then, and then, you know, David Essler is somebody that has done some work here. I love his black sheep, which is a 27 hole, yeah. uh, you know, private course way far out West, but he's done work, uh, you know, restoring some courses. Mount prospect was really fun uh to, to play if, if you can if you're okay with having 40 putts and around um and then i mentioned greg martin earlier which i think he doesn't get his due in, in terms of of his design work both his original designs uh you mentioned white tail white tail ridge that may have been a, a martin design to be honest i'm not sure um but i think greg's done some really great work here restoring some courses and doing some renovations and modernizing them so all of, all those designers that I mentioned, particularly those that are kind of local to Chicago and have an affinity for for this area, I think are are ones that stand out for me. Absolutely, huge fan of Sunset. Also, Rob and I are both really big fans of uh, Bose Creek. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's one. Yeah, of I love. I don't think I don't think Bose Creek gets enough due here in Chicago land. I, I was just writing out my list of of my favorite courses in the area, you know, prior to this call. And, and I think Bose Creek is a top five public course in the area. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, it's got kind of that rugged feel. It's got some more elevation up and down, yeah. you know, typically for the Chicago course. I think that the green complexes are, they're tough, but they're not so overbearing that your 25 handicap can enjoy themselves. You know, I think it's, it's just got everything that, that you want. Um, it's been a couple of years since I've played, but I try to get out there as, is as much as i can um it's just a little bit of a hike now from where i live but as i said it's it's worth it yeah it uh my my first time playing it was this past year and i uh, yeah i fell in love with it um had a little bit of resemblance of uh heritage bluffs i felt like yeah yeah um yeah heritage i again that's another one i haven't been to in years i i used to work a lot in indianapolis and peoria and so i I'd try to catch that on the, you know, crossing I-80 and, and you know, and, and kind of getting in the outskirts of Chicago. But it's got a similar, very more unique terrain, I think, for Chicagoland compared to some of the other courses. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah I think I think Rick does a really good job with making the courses interesting, maybe a little bit more strategic than some of the modern designers out there that are just more plugging holes into a residential area. You know, I think he's he, just, he does a really nice job. Absolutely. What uh, in terms of, you know, just the surrounding areas. So you got, you know, or, or I should say the surrounding states. So, you know, a lot of 
people obviously go into Michigan, Wisconsin, even, uh, you know, even up in the, uh, the quad cities or just before the quad cities and Silvis there and TBC deer run, right. You know, where, where do you think, um, in your opinion, you know, is, is the best place to go for a golf, uh, uh you know, a fairly local golf, you know, a uh, golf buddy trip. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, for those that follow me on Twitter, uh, probably know that I, I take a, a band of fraternity brothers out every year. Uh, I'm kind of the, I call myself the golf course, uh, or the golf trip dictator. Yeah. And, um, um, so this will be our 14th year that we go out we've predominantly done the Midwest. We did Alabama, Birmingham, um, the, the Trent Jones trail for our 10th anniversary of the trip, but other, otherwise we stay in the Midwest. Um, so, you know, to, uh, I, I personally, I love Northern Michigan. I don't know if you can get a better, you know, deal and, and just for the views and the money and the experience there, you know, from Chicago land, it's probably a six, you know, seven hour, tr- you know, trek. So maybe a little far, you know, I think, you know, Rob, your, your hat, I think is probably the best, you know, at Sand Valley is probably the best, yeah. uh, the best experience. And I think it's going to continue to become the, the abandon of the Midwest, just, you know, the, the, the feel, uh, the, just the vibe that you get from Sand Valley, it's non-pretentious. They treat everybody uh, like equals there. Um, and it's pricey, but I think if you can catch Sand Valley, you know, in April or, or October when you know, it's a little less expensive uh, and, and you can also catch a couple courses nearby. Um, there's the Lake Arrowhead courses right, right next door. That's, that's, you know, pretty nice. There's a, kind of a different field. They're more woodland parkland layouts, century world that I think is going to reopen uh, next year in preparation for a, a senior major out there is maybe 30, 45 minutes away. So you can incorporate sand Valley in, into a bigger buddies trip. If you want, um, I'm a big fan of, of Lake Geneva. Yeah. So you know, maybe only 90 minutes oh, yeah. from Chicago land, maybe two, two hours at the most, how much traffic you hit. But, um, you know, Geneva national is great. They, they've made a lot of investment in their lodging and to, to make it a little bit more of an upscale, uh, you know, buddy's trip experience. Uh, I, I like, you know, grand Geneva, I'm not as big a fan of the brute as maybe some others comparatively in the area. I think it's just too hard. So yeah. it's aptly named, but it, it's really tough, particularly if you're bringing some guys that are newer to the game or just struggle. Um, so you like the Highlands better? I like the Highlands better. Um, yeah. And just in terms of an experience, I think there's a little bit more kind of risk reward and go for broke yeah. holes there. Um, you've got a, you know, there's the downhill par five that I think you yeah. can hit two if you get a couple of big hooks that I've hit and then proceeded to three put uh, three put. I think every time I've, I've hit it in two. Um, there's just, I think that it's more interesting. Um, the brute is kind of like dubs bread where, where if you're feeling good about the game, you're like, okay, you know, can I, yeah. can I actually improve my handicap here? You know, at this type of course, uh, it just, it depends on what your goal is. If you're, if you're trying to have fun and, and just enjoy the round, I would definitely go with the Highlands, but the brute is, is just that. And, and yeah. it's when you've got to experience, but I, I like Hawksview, which is a 36 hole uh, club uh, that's nearby that area. That Don't they have that par three too? Yeah, they've got an eighteen-hole yeah. regulation course there, which actually is is probably the best quartet of par threes that they in that in that course in the whole area. Really cool, some downhill par threes that are really nice. And then they've got the par three course that is yeah. no slouch. It's a I think a good way to to finish up a day if you've got a couple extra hours. I definitely encourage that. And then I'm I'm intrigued to see what uh, Loman and his team does at Abbey Springs. 
Yeah. I've only played Abbey once and it's hard and it is, it's a really nice, pretty woodland golf course, but you could tell, you could feel kind of claustrophobic with all the trees kind of coming in there. And so I think they're bulldozing a bunch of trees and making it more accessible. So I think that'd be just another notch on the, on the Lake Geneva yeah. area there that um, I highly recommend. And then my last plug, you know, I guess would be if you're willing to drive a little bit or you're okay into flying into to Minneapolis would be Brainerd. Uh, Minnesota. We did that trip maybe two or three years ago and did, um, you know, uh, the, the classic at Madden's. We did Deacon's Lodge, which I think is actually by far the best course there. And then the the legacy courses at Cragen's are actually doing a redo there um, to, to um, put 45 holes in where right now it's only 36. So Tom Lehman's doing a, a renovation there. So I think that as they continue to invest in, in that area is just yeah. another one that for the money, if you're okay with a little bit of an outskirts type of trip would be, would be a great one to go to. Yeah. What, uh, what, how far is that looking like that trip? I've heard that trip is very sneaky. Good. Yeah. It's from, from like where I am North side of Chicago, it's probably a seven and a half hour drive, you yeah. know, but again, if you're okay with flying a little bit, you know, a flight from ORD to MSP is what 45 minutes and then maybe a two, two and a half hour drive from the airport. So depends on how much logistics you want to do. I think they've even got um, like vans that they'll drive back and forth, you know, from that area. So you could even just fly in, not worry about, you know, driving and they'll van you around all the way from the airport up to Brainerd. So I highly recommend it. I mean, it's, it's it's got kind of a, a northern Michigan feel. It just happens to be Minnesota Northwoods, and bang for the buck is as good as anything we've played. Right? Is it is it pretty remote? Like you know, obviously not as remote as like abandoned, but like you said, there's not much in between the, the airport and the course. It's it's pretty remote, yeah. Um, and so I mean, you'd, you'd have to be comfortable with with knowing that there's not a lot of um, other entertainment and things to do right. in that area. Um, I mean, we stayed in a in a house right across the street at the legacy courses at Craigens and then just ate dinner and, and had fun uh, afterwards just at the local bars and restaurants that are right there. So um, yeah, it's, it's, there's not a lot of big city feel there, but that's kind of our style anyway. You right. know, a lot of the guys are from downtown and want to get out and, yeah. and not feel like the hustle and bustle of, of a big city. And this is a, you know, a good kind of remote area where guys can just hang out and play poker and, you know, light up, you know, fire or something in the back and, and just, you know, have a good time. And, uh, you know, the Minnesota Northwoods are a really good place to, to do that. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think you could you, you get any better than kind of just going off with the boys real, real quiet, remote. That's at least for me. Um, I think Rob too, that, that's more of kind of our speed. Um, you know, how was your trip actually to um, Big Cedar? So Big Cedar was a blast. Um, wow. uh, we've actually been out, kind of in the Ozarks in that area twice. And uh, I took the boys out, uh, I think our fifth year, it was uh, 2013. It was like mid-July and we were just died. It was like 110 degrees. And so I, I joked that if I was going to take them back, I'd learn my lesson. So I said, yeah, well, I'll take in early June and it, you know, it'll be fine. And it was 110 degrees again. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I particularly, I particularly one day had too much to drink and was, was feeling the wrath of that one of the days, but, yeah. um, but big Cedar is awesome. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, where, where sand Valley is, uh, you know, a, a little bit more 
you know, nuanced and, and has kind of, you know, just kind of that laid back feel. Think of the opposite, right? You know, yeah. with what Johnny Morris has done there. It's like one of the guys joked and said, this is like, you know, a Disney park. It is. Um, yeah. But for golfers, and it, it really is. So that may not be the the you know the type of thing that everybody's looking for you know that right. some people's palates may not like that in terms of golf but but to me i you know the the whole experience is what i look for right yes it's expensive and it's probably overpriced but you're also getting the views and you're getting the the conditions and just um world-class service that comes with that so uh, we we had an absolute blast we actually liked the buffalo ridge kind of the original yeah. Uh, Tom Fazio, of course, that was, was previously called Branson Creek. Um, we liked it the best. Uh, we just thought that the combination of conditions, the views um, were, were, were really good. Um, Payne's Valley was was great. Um, you know, it was uh, it was almost too easy off the tee. It was very broad. Yeah. Uh, had kind of a, a mammoth dunes feel to it. Right. In terms of it, uh, you know, it being you know, very receptive out in the fairways. Uh, just the the greens were were its defense, yeah. um, and it's just got some maturing I think to do. But you know, it, it's a it's a cool experience, and um, you know, the part three courses there were a blast. Ozarks National is probably actually the best architecturally, the best course there. Um, a lot of the guys don't see it that way comparatively to sometimes where I do, but uh, you can't go wrong there. It's it's money well spent. Um, if there's anything that I would recommend to to Big Cedar, I think that they're making some some changes and some improvements is there's the logic for bigger groups like i bring a group of 12 yeah. typically every year it's not really conducive to that we stayed off site there's some great vrbos and airbnbs that that um you can you can you can you know go and, and since all the courses are acceptable uh to, to accessible to the public you can but to me we like to stay on site if at all possible and and eliminate some of the driving back and forth. So I think that's just an opportunity as they continue to grow and expand that they can, they can add to the, to the package. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. Even with uh, the courses, we, our group thought Buffalo Ridge is by far the most fun. Um, you know, it kind of reminded us of, of courses around here, that parking style is just all together. It was just a very enjoyable, fun course. Um, hands down Ozarks national from a, from a design perspective was, was unbelievable. I mean, all of the the contour of of the, you know, the the fall offs of the the false fronts of the greens and how they kept with the the actual contour of the mountains and didn't try to change anything with that was awesome. Um, and then pains pains was fun. I, I agree. It was it kind of it almost came off as like touristy, just because like, you know, maybe how easy it was. Although my score didn't reflect that, so. The greens, like you said, were still maturing. They were hard as a rock, but they were, they're awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, was it was beautiful. in great shape. I mean, considering how, how, you know, young of a course it is, I thought we thought the fairways were pristine. Yeah. We liked that some of the holes, at least from the tees that we played, like the 6,500 yard ones that you were, you could, you could go for some of the greens and, and it was fun. Um, there, you know, there were some really good holes. There just wasn't those you look back on that we thought were just great holes. And I think right. Buffalo Ridge had like nine of them, you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and so I, I think there's just something about this, the feel of, of Buffalo Ridge and the trees and, but yeah. it's still being very playable. Um, you didn't feel like there was anybody else on the golf course, um, you know, that, than you, when you, when you played and there's, I, I like that type of feeling. 
Uh, Payne's is just a different experience, right? Some guys are going to love it. It is touristy. Yeah. Um, you, the, the views that you get on the first team, just looking over the yeah. entire you know, expansive landscape of, of really the whole resort. I mean, you can see almost all the holes of, of Buffalo Ridge, you know, on the right. first tee at, at, at Payne's Valley. So, I mean, to each their own, I, I would definitely, I would, I would encourage that everybody to go and play all five courses of Big Cedar and, you know, Branson Hills and Ledgestone and probably a few others that I haven't even played or really get out there. So I, that's another one that I highly recommend. It's probably what a seven hour drive, eight hour drive from Chicago land. Or, I mean, we flew, we flew into Springfield and there was like two, two planes, you know, yeah. that were there. It's, it was easy, you know, just to fly into if that's your, that's your deal. Yeah, we uh, so to your point, also, we found out about some of the bigger cabins that are like tucked away on site after the fact that we were there. We weren't, oh. really, yeah, we weren't really aware of them. Um, but same, you know, I think our group we had a group of eight, so the uh, the lodging was okay, but like, like you said, you know, it's nice to have a house, you know, with just the guys and you know, be on site. And I think they've opened up to that a little bit more. Um, I think they've even built some more cabins for that reason um so that's that's something uh to look forward to um, yeah. and then the whole airport so actually one of our buddies works for united and while we were there he's he said his boss actually got wine and dine down there they're trying to bring united into brainerd opposed to springfield so if that happens then you're talking about you know, essentially a, a 10 minute drive from the airport. So that would be, yeah, that, that would be, that would be interesting. Right. And, and I think even, I know same valleys, I think trying to position that, you know, for, for um, some more commercial flights, potentially going into their, their local airport. I, I think as, as some of these resorts continue to get more robust and there's a demand right? Uh, and golf, can, golf continues to boom. I, I think that that will hopefully continue to see that. So I'm all for it. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if I can, if I can, you know, save the now what five hundred dollars it is for a week with a rental <laughs> car. Then, then I'll, I'm all game. But um, um, yeah. And and one of the things I was going to say is is um, you know, I I think that that resorts that really invest in some of those bigger lodging. Uh, I'm sure there's an economics to it as to reason why not to just. But um, I I think that to me that's the most fun. You know, while we've done some of the trips where we've gotten four or five different condos and you know, three or four guys are in each one. Everybody kind of then does their own thing or, right. you know, getting everybody together is, is really, is really cool. And, and not to begrudge or, or talk down to some resorts, but like we haven't gone to French Lick really for that reason. Uh, you know, they, when I've called to try to book things, um, you know, they, they couldn't even guarantee if we were going to be on the same floor in a hotel. Um, and so to me that, that really devalues yeah. the, the, you know the trip you know even at Kohler while I've heard it's great um, and I've not played any of the of the Kohler courses um, that's another challenge you know is is what kind of lodging is set up there you know can you get everybody together and and you know to me if I if I had you know the, the billion dollars and was running a resort I would try to invest in as much of those you know bigger kind of buddies trip environments as possible because to me that's what's going to drive a lot of revenue I figure whatever whatever they may lose out on some of the 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 per the per person right. revenue per you know we we gain back on buying beer yeah you know, right. food and stuff right. there. so to me it, it's the same difference a thousand percent totally agree um that's that's half the battle and uh you know staying with your guys the camaraderie you know just kind of busting each other's chops all weekend like that's that's what it's all about you know waking up in the morning having breakfast or coming home and grilling steaks you know on the grill out at night on the patio yeah everybody's together, you know, that, 
that's part of the trip. Um, so I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, not staying on the same floor or even in the same condo that, that gets a little dicey, you know, um, well, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, got a, I've got a reputation to uphold too, so I can't afford to, <laughs> to lose that. Sorry, Rob, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, because we do uh, Grand Geneva the last couple of years. Uh, there's about, you know, 20 of us that do it. And like you're saying, you're on separate floors. But the nice thing about Grand Geneva is that they have that, you know, their chop house there. So, you know, you all meet up after the, the round and you get to hang out and everything But with that. But we've done trips too that we've rented houses or barns and, you know, those are way better. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was a little skeptical of kind of the Airbnb uh, process, particularly with with the golf trip, because you just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 they're going to be like. But uh, the several trips we've now done it um, and it, it's it scored big points with the guys and the houses have been great. And so so there's still a risk that comes with it. There's also a risk, um, you know, staying at the resort. There's times where we've gotten actually bumped you know, from, from the condos, you know, and, and move to different rooms last minute and all that too. So there's always a risk that comes with that. But to me, the biggest thing that I look at is, you know, can we, how many guys can, you know, can we fit, you know, in either one unit or the least amount of units possible. So we've got the camaraderie and two, you know, what, what's, what's the quality of the courses, uh, you know, and at the end of it all, most of the guys, they don't even care about the golf at the end of the day. They just care about, you know, seeing each other. And a lot of times this is their one vacation yeah. that they go on. So to me, splitting a bunch of people out or provide an opportunity that they may not be able to interact or see, you know, the, you know, as many of their friends as they want. That's just a, that's a, a showstopper for me. You know, that, that's, that's, that is the reason why you go and, and golf, maybe just a few rounds of golf might have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we know you're a, a busy guy there, Brian. So uh, we'll let you go here. Um, we want to know, though, what is your number one? What is the number one course that you've ever played? Um, it is uh, Pinehurst number two. Uh, so a little story uh, around that is uh, my my grandfather, uh, God rest his soul, but he he um, he worked at Abbott for years and then retired in 1996 and became a member at Pinehurst and. Um, was able to play uh, that course on uh, Christmas morning, 1998. So it would have been the Christmas before they had the first U.S. Open there. And I was maybe 14 years old and, you know, didn't, didn't quite understand the scale of, I think, what I was doing. I'd heard of Pinehurst, obviously knew it was a great course, but right. fell in love with the game. You know, then it was just, just my favorite round and to play with my grandfather, my dad and my uncle. And my uncle was making putts as the, you know, the Christmas church bells were going off and, you know, we all played pretty well. So it was just a blast. So I, I have not been back um, to, to play number two after the, the Corn Crenshaw restoration. So, okay. uh, and I, my parents have the, still have the condo there. So there's really no excuse other yeah. than having to pay the 500 bucks to play. But uh, to me, that's probably still be money well spent. <laughs> so I'm hoping to get back to here in the next couple of years and, and try it out again. So, uh, but, but Pinehurst is kind of my, my happy place. So, yeah. Uh, so going to have to get back there. Keep hearing that. We're going to have to get out there ourselves. I, uh, I have a, I have actually have a wedding, uh, my cousin in, in North Carolina, um, in June. So we're, we're actually talking about making the trek. So, uh, we'll see, but, uh, no, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you. yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Great. Great to talk some golf and more than happy to jump in any time. And, Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see each other out there on the course in the spring and summer. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll put something together. We'll get out. And uh, in the meantime, happy holidays. 
Uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on there, Brian. Likewise, yeah, guys. Be, be safe. Another great guest because he's got so much insight and, and knowledge of courses around here and designers. And you can just tell he's a very passionate golfer. Um, he really oh, yeah. enjoys what he does. And um, so for me, that I mean, Brian's right up my alley. Yeah, it's it, like I said, it's nice to hear about other buddies' trips, you know, to, to get an idea of what else could be out there or what else you can plan for the future, you know? Yeah. All right. The top three this week is around the same three. I mean, the same, sorry, theme. So, what are your top three golf Twitter follows? What are, ooh, I like how you did that there. Yeah. I like that. So, um, top three Twitter follows. I would probably have to go um, number three is probably Lou Stegner. Okay. Um, big big stats, stats guy. Big stats guy. Big uh, stats guy. Yeah. I just enjoy seeing what he puts out in terms of, you know, expectations. Sure. And yeah. He's a big tiger guy. So um, I could, I could jump on that boat all day. Um Number two, this might throw you for a loop here, but um, I love the club pro. So, oh, this my I hit. He's like my number four. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. The club, club pro. I mean, I just get a kick out of him. Is as stupid as his his posts are. Some of them I'll just scroll past and I'll have to scroll back up to him, and then I just start dying laughing because it's yeah. it's, it's insane. Um, and then number one. I would probably have to say, mm, I don't know, man, that's, that's hard. I might just, I might go a, a totally different route than you're thinking, but, um, oh, I might go Phil. <laughs> I might go Phil. Oh, really? Yeah. I would say Phil or actually, you know what? I'm not going to give Phil the credit. I'll probably go. <laughs> I'll probably go Max Homa. He is good. He yeah, is good. he's he's number five for me too. Yeah, those guys are hilarious. I mean, I I think any one of those guys, like a Max Kiz, Henry Higgs, any any one of those guys could probably be. But I mean, the fact that Max just roasts people in their swing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably give it to him for sure. Yeah. How about you? Oh, uh, so. I am a Westwood guy, but I'm a huge speed guy. So three hole is uh, the speed tracker. I love, I love him when he's playing. I think it's great. Um, I like, hold on. I like Shane. Who do you think runs that? I do not know. I don't know. I mean, it has to be like somebody in his camp, right? Someone close, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think all those, they have some type of network, right? Um, I would I, I couldn't even guess to be honest with you, but I do I do enjoy his tweets during the live rounds. They're great. Yeah, especially when he's especially when uh you know George gets on his runs with the chips and chippings and whatnot. They're great. Um, two I got to go Shane Bacon. I just I've always liked Shane Bacon a yeah. lot. And number one, he's a stats guy, but I I, I like him a lot. Is uh, Justin Gray? Yeah, Justin Gray's really good. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my top three. It's a solid top three. All right. Well, until next time, um, that wraps up episode eight, and uh, we'll see you in the fairway, Rob. See you in the fairway, Tom. See you, buddy.